Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. I'm here today with Cade Barrett. What's going on? And my name is Scott Farrow. We're excited today. We're going to be interviewing Brian McCurry, mortgage broker in the Central Valley for 20 years. Uh, we're going to be talking about just the basics of uh, lending. Yeah. So uh, I know back in our first episode, we, we definitely brought up the fact that we wanted to bring an episode to our listeners on the pre-approval process. So that's kind of our broad topic for today. Uh, delving into some topics such as, you know, getting the first initial conversation started uh, with a lender all the way to the funding and recording uh, when you're ready to move into your new home. Uh, Brian also talks about the effects of COVID-19 on the current, uh, you know, lending market um, and also some words at the end on things to look out for um, when you're ready to start that process of home buying. Brian, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I love the new office, by the way. Thank you. I, I think you've made a great choice. I think Keller Williams is, from a, a cultural standpoint in a corporate environment, is one of the best cultures that you can be a part of. I think cool. truly that, that they their resources and supporting you are really good. So I yeah. think you guys as a, as a team have made a good choice. So yeah. Awesome. So we, we haven't even made that formal announcement now. Um, oh, wow. Cade, That's right. Cade and I and the placing <laughs> group, we actually just moved over to Keller Williams. This is our first recording at Keller Williams. And we're excited to be here and we're hoping that um, it allows us to continue to expand. We've already talked with a couple different people here about both podcasting and real yeah. estate and all that. So we're nice. excited. And yeah. um, that leads us kind of into the conversation for today. Yeah. Since we moved over, Kate and I have both been seeing a big influx <clears throat> in calls about buyers. So we spend a lot of time on listings and things like that. But today we're going to be talking about getting pre-approved. Okay. So you've been in the, the lending business how long? saying out loud because it makes me sound old <laughs> uh, but now now i've been doing it uh 20 years yeah. there you go so it's been it's been wow. a, it's been a hard minute yeah for sure okay so, um yeah and i think that uh you're absolutely right I, i've a lot of people because i mean the the environment we're in right now is you know we're 10 weeks into shelter in place and right. we're just now mm -hmm. seeing businesses open up again and um i think that most people are seeing um the influence of the the perception of opportunity correct you know because as you and i have discussed like the people that have to sell right now are going to sell they're going to be on the no market, matter what no matter what they yep. you know people go when is the right time to sell well it's the right time to sell for you when it's the right time to sell for you there's no there's no changing that like yep. my niece just bought a house in san diego congrats and, yeah oh my gosh yeah she um they moved from uh they had their second child so they have two kids you know under three and they were living in a tiny condo with no backyard up in La Jolla. And they moved a little bit east county, but then they got a huge yard and a big house. And it good was, for them. It was a good trade-off. Yeah. And they're close to my sister, so they've got, you know, daycare. And so um, <laughs> she, she just retired from teaching, and so she's like, just wants to spend time with her grandkids. Good for her. But um, the family that moved, that they bought the house from, was a Navy guy. He was moving to Virginia oh, wow. to be stationed out there, back east. And so he had to sell. Right. It, you know, it created opportunity. So yeah. like they wanted to sell their condo and he had to sell. And so in right. the middle, in the middle of, you know, a pandemic and the middle of, you know, huge job losses and changes that we've never seen before uh, financially, you know, they still had to sell. So people are looking yeah. for opportunity. In fact, one of my, uh, one of my clients, um, he called me and he goes, he goes, Brian, he goes, this might be the opportunity for me to up into 
the forever house from my starter house. You know, they've got their yeah. family and they've been living there for about uh, six, eight, eight years now, I think, with the kids. Okay. And and he sees it as an opportunity to go and get more for his money right now, um, because you know he had the same conversation you and I did, which is opportunity is is opportunity, and, and it, mm-hmm. it being created in a very unique way this time. Mm. And so yeah, um, and and I've had calls and and new buyers for the very first time, people that have been forever renters. I mean, I have one couple yeah. that has been renting for like 15 years wow, or something wow. ridiculous. And uh, and they live on the north end of town. They live, you know, in a, in a beautiful condo. Like paying setting, more for their rent than their mortgage. Paying more for their rent than their mortgage, for sure. And I mean, they I mean they make a great living. I mean, each one of them, you know, combined, you know, they're, they're in six figures between the two Good of them. Good for them. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, he's about 60-ish and she's like 70,000, something like that. There's no reason on earth they should be they renting. Should own. Yeah. <laughs> they should own. Yeah. And but but they finally, you know, they they saw the the uh, the the financial cultural shift to notice this may be our opportunity to become homeowners, you know. Mm. So do you think you think that was probably the driving force for them to make that change? I, I yeah, I think I think that they looked at it and 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 you're ready when you're ready. Yeah. You know, and for them I think that that this was just kind of the catalyst. That both of their jobs are super stable. Mm-hmm. She works in education and he works for logistics. So trucking it etc right we're always going to need freight to move from one side of the country to the other and so and locally as well as you know nationally and internationally mm. and so there's always going to be the need for logistics so they've had very stable jobs yeah and so um they did what a, a lot of people do which is is hopefully they they called me first as opposed mm. to calling you first which you know sometimes the, yeah sometimes you call us first yeah and, and i think that that's the thing is is the excitement is you know i want to go look at houses and touch yeah. counters and yep. and feel like I, this i can like i want to feel like yeah. like i can do it's this. the exciting part and the money's the scary part <laughs> and, and people shy away from that even when even when they they think they can buy it um they they make the kind of mistake of putting the cart before the horse always yeah i think that you're you're right statistically i don't believe in alwayses or nevers or forever you know like like absolutes yeah, a lot but of there, there's a, there's a very majority. high probability there's, there's a majority you're absolutely yeah. right that, that that you're gonna be the one that gets the first call yeah because it's like going on the car lot like you want to go yeah. drive oh, yeah. the car you don't want to worry about the financing until later you know i've never done that <laughs> yeah okay all right um so one of the things that that rings true is we can't tell you when the right time to buy is mm-hmm. but Correct. the perception to a lot of people right now mm-hmm. is it's a good time to buy and in my opinion yeah. for the a lot of the people i've been talking to mm-hmm. which are the first time home buyers yeah for most of those people i'm seeing it is a good time for them to buy yeah no i i totally agree i think that if if you're looking at you know uh, just the the number of, of people that are going to be affected by this long term, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, there some people are making decisions faster than other people. So if, yeah. if you're if you're let's say in your 30s and you were or you know early 30s or even you know even late 30s and you were a part of your you were aware of the effects of the last you know, recession, right. like right. the great recession, 2008. Yeah. yeah. Like if you felt that in your life, and I mean, I don't mean that like from just like a numbers point, but like, you know, the fear that your family, like mom and dad are both unemployed and like we, we lost the house. So people like that adjust emotionally faster. So even if those people are homeowners, they might be like, Hey, let's sell and let's downsize our lives and let's do everything we can to minimize. And even though they don't have to sell, they feel they it. do. Yeah. And so that's going to, you know, I think those are going to be those people that are part of what your buyers look for 
are people who are motivated for whatever reason to make that sale. Right. And, I, and I think that that's going to be the reason that houses are probably going to be more affordable, even if it's just marginally five, seven percent. But it's you know? still a change. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that is the opportunity for people is, yeah. the, is those people that have to sell. I was I was reading. Um, I think I texted you this earlier. Um, there's a broker I work with also with Kelly Williams out of Utah. And uh, he was looking at the stats on transactions and what transactions looked like a year ago to this year. And 44% of the active contracts within uh, his MLS all had active backup offers. Wow. Mm. And it's because lending has become so unstable. I keep mine active backup because yeah. I already had one cancel where I think it was in part due to COVID. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I mean, and even, yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think there's, there's great wisdom in that. You know, I think that, um, uh, you know, as it pertains to, to your circle of influence, the people that, right. that you are going to, that you know the best, you know, the people that know you, like you and trust you, you know, um, and, and are drawn to you and, and to your team. Um, I, I think that those people are going to have, you know, the exact same experience that everybody else does, which is, you know, that they've got to go through the process of understanding what it means to become a homeowner. Yeah. And they do it the exact same emotional way everybody else does, which is look at the house first and then go, you know, how do we get the house? Yeah. You know, yeah. again, like driving the car first, right? That's right. You know, everybody loves to drive the car, you know, <laughs> right. and, and then you got to figure out, can I make that stroke? So, so um, perfect. Yeah. And so I think, I think in leading into that, I think that, you know, we talk about like becoming pre-approved. And we talk about loan approval mm -hmm. and we talk about, you know, um, clear to close and mm -hmm. funding and, and all these, terms. a lot of, there's a lot of jargon in here that that's, yeah. that's a, it's a vernacular that you and I speak. And, and there's even a level that I speak that you don't. I don't speak any <laughs> words that you say. I'm going to, for anybody listening, Scott does not know all the lending terms like a lender right. who's been in the business yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So, so in, inside of those, um, there are some really basic principles, you know, when it comes to lending. And I, I, I try and distill it down to these basic thoughts. You know, um, uh, any person that you're dealing with should basic, you know, like provide basic functions. And one of the first ones is to understand what's most important to you. So when we talk about families, what's most important to them is, is the process, like creating mm -hmm. a home for their family or, or creating, you know, the newlyweds first house yeah. or, mm -hmm. or, you know, we, we've been married and we have kids like my niece, it's time for us to move to the next phase of our lives. And so uh, your consultant understanding that is important. And then um, the next thing is to go out and negotiate on their behalf to get them the best possible loan. And then the third thing is to oversee the hundreds of details mm -hmm. in the transaction. Thousands, thousands. Of details. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> and, and, that, and what's and, what's, and it's totally true because um, um, you and I were like we're like concentric circles. You we overlap yeah, in yeah, a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, and I think that that those circles all have that one thing at the center, which is our client. And so escrow overlaps and, and the, you know, inspectors and you and me, right. we all, but at the core is, is Center, them. Yeah. And so, um, when it, when you talk about the next phase, which is that lending is based on basic principles, it's, um, ability to pay, mm -hmm. willingness to pay. And then what are you, what you're buying is, is it worth what you're paying for it? Yeah. And so under ability to pay, it's your income. It's super simple. You know, we, you know, those that are working for a living and, and no matter what they do for a living, they, you know, that's mm -hmm. your ability to pay. And then willingness to pay is a you know kind of a clever way of saying credit. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's you know have you paid your bills on time? And is there any other way to check the willingness to pay? No, no. I mean, so right now they just look at credit. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Especially now. So let's say for instance, 
and this has shifted. I mean, like, you know, uh, I've watched, I always, cause I'm a broker and I'm a, right. and I'm a banker, but I'm primarily a broker and I love being a broker and have been since I was licensed. And so Can you what, explain what a broker is? Because I think a lot of people have asked me what the difference between a real estate agent and a broker is. Mm-hmm. Can you go through? So there's two different types of people in the lending world from Correct. what I know. Yeah. There's a loan officer who's mm-hmm. a lot like a realtor. They okay. work for a specific individual or bank company entity. They help clients with that Correct. specific program. Correct. If what I understand about you is correct, you are like a realtor mm-hmm. in the sense that you shop with the client mm-hmm. to find them the best loan that fits them. So finding the best financial product for their needs. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great way to put it. I mean, I, I think that you know one of the one of the examples I give is is that not you know not everybody's a square peg for a square hole. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so you know you meet that veteran who has uh, entitlement to one hundred percent financing but he has a 580 credit score mm-hmm. and you know had a you know a bankruptcy 3 years ago and you know a divorce and all, all these other components inside of that and you have to find the right tool you know so when you open your toolbox you have to have the right tool for the job and then there's the client that has you know they got $350,000 to put down on a 1.5 million dollar purchase and they're you know this is vanilla this is just vanilla a, ice a cream cl- a paper. <laughs> yeah like but never never you know sometimes it's you know rocky road you know like sometimes it's yeah. neapolitan yeah. yeah like it's always it's a, always it's, it's always a little bit different and so being a broker means that i have banking relationships with wholesale banks and what that means is it's not a bank where you could walk into a branch and make a deposit you're not going to wells fargo no no i'm going <laughs> to a bank that only provides mortgages that's it perfect so like if you wanted to go to you know um uh, United Wholesale Bank, or if you wanted to go to Flagstar Bank, you would not be able to walk into a branch and get a loan from one of their direct loan officers. They only provide money to brokers so that we can provide it to you. Mm. And so it's funny because I think people really loved for a long time culturally in real estate to work with a banker. They wanted to know, does, is, your, is your underwriter in-house? Is, your, is all of your operations here? And the reality is, is that statistically brokers have provided, you know, more real estate transaction fundings than bankers ever will. There's a smaller percentage of the market. Really. And the reality is, is that, you know, while it's nice to be a banker, um, there are bankers that appear to be bankers that aren't bankers. And there are people that are brokers um, that are really bankers pretending to be brokers, not pretending or trying to cross over. And, and being a broker is more powerful in my opinion because, you know, again, I have, I'm approved to like 50 banks. Of those 50 mm. banks, I have a top 10. And of the top 10, mm. I have a top five. And the reason being is most people kind of fit in a certain, you know, uh, yeah. uh, arena statistically. Mm-hmm. In the Valley here, a lot of government financing, FHA, yeah. you know, uh, VA, USDA in the, in, the, in the rural outlying areas. Um, but it just happens because we have a per, a per capita income that's just a certain number that fits. That's it. So um, as a broker, I'm able to open my toolbox and, and ideally find the right tool for that client. You know? Right. And so, um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to have um, uh, the tools to, to meet people's needs. You know, um, it's funny because I, I had a client call me and she wanted a, a loan for like $60,000 to do, uh, you know, to refinance into something better. And I told her I wasn't the guy for the job because a loan that small doesn't fit for me. Mm-hmm. And so I directed her to a couple of credit unions and a bank. And I said, this is, here's, 
what's best for you. Right. I can't, I can't right. do it. Yeah. And that's what you come to me for. And just like you, you know, we, we're here to provide the unvarnished truth. Like here's where the weathermen. Yep. We got to report the weather and the weather, you know, for you is it's raining, you know, you can feel about the weather, how you feel. Some people are like, God, I love the rain. Other people are like, mm, rain sucks for me, yeah. you know? And so you just have to be able to, to give them the data to make informed decisions. So back, back to being a broker, you know, the, the reality is inside of being a broker, um, is that it just offers me more tools when I, when I open my toolbox to find what's best for you. So it goes back to what's most important to you. And then it goes into those tangents, which is ability to pay, willingness to pay. And am I buying what I'm, you know, is what I'm buying worth what I'm paying for? Perfect. And so, um, in willingness to pay, what's really interesting is, is that, you know, there are programs, you know, like FHA, as long as you have clean payment history for 12 months, you can buy a house. I mean, you can, you can have 30 day lates on your credit card on January 1st of 19. And then on January 1st of 20, if you've paid everything on time since then, you know, and your scores are accordingly. Um, however, right now they have raised, banks have raised the thresholds for all of their lending. So for instance, FHA, you may or may not know, requires no FICO score. There is no rule in the FHA handbook for underwriting loans that requires you to have anything better than a zero. That's it, it doesn't. However, banks now have implemented their own guidelines to say, hey, we want you to have a 620 or a 640 yeah. or a 660. Whereas pre-COVID, I could go down to a 580. And wow. it, it wasn't even a concern. It was a, it was a smaller number of banks that were willing yeah. to take those risks, the yeah. rates were higher. But the reality is it's the same underwriting that has always existed. Well, now banks are, are they like, um, they're closing some of the streams of mm-hmm. flow uh, credit-wise to say, hey, if you want to qualify for this program, we're going to need you to have this FICO score. Like, for instance, there's some 100% FHA programs, 100% financing, first-time buyers, um, where it provides your down payment and closing costs and a first mortgage. And so you have a first and a second, but this, the FICO requirement used to be like a 620. Uh, two weeks ago, it was a 680. Hmm. So they raised it, you know, 60 points because they wanted to make sure the people, yeah. you know, had the right criteria to be yeah. able. And, and then, then a week ago, like this last week, they, they lowered it to 660 because they realized nobody qualified yeah. <laughs> and they still wanted the business. So yeah. they're like, okay, let's, right. let's lower it a little bit because they've added the restriction inside of it. In, um, so after you get a loan, you become pre-qualified. So you meet with a consultant of some sort, whether it's a broker or a banker. Okay. Um, and, and, a, and a loan officer is a great term, um, but we kind of all the same thought. So a loan officer might work for an officer of a bank. So if you walk into Chase or B of A or Wells Fargo, they may have a loan officer or a mortgage consultant that works there. <clears throat> And, um, and they work and they present the products of Wells Fargo, you know? And so they will open their toolbox and they have these tools. B of A, same thing. You walk into a branch, they, I want to meet with their, you know, I want to get a home loan. They'll send you to whatever the title of that person is. So it's a loan officer, a mortgage mm. consultant or, um, whatever they've deemed is the correct term for them. But essentially it's the person that's going to give you the credit qualifying to be able to go by. And so once you've done that and they figure out, um, uh, what you're qualified for, and that's an important term because I think that, you know, it, and it's, it's interesting, whether you walk into B of A or you go to Chase or you come meet with me, we all go to the same well for our water. Like we all, we all, really? we all, oh yeah. Because the money that is in your home that you own or, or you know, your client's home or my yeah. home, it all comes from the same thing, which is savings deposits at banks. You ever mm. seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's that scene where there's a run on the bank and they go in and, and she's like, well, I want my money. He's like, he's like we don't well, have it. We don't have it. It's, it's in you know Larry's house yeah. and you know yeah. Anne's house and Dave's house. Like, yeah. Your money's, th- that's where the money is. And that's so, where the money is in banking. Yeah, it is because we, we live on a fractional banking system. So like when you put $1 in, the bank can loan out too. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the standard is at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we got in trouble last time is we didn't have the deposits. Overextended. Yep, mm-hmm. We had, didn't have the deposits to cover it. So, so <clears throat> Kate and I had talked um, one of the questions we really had for you is, yeah. is can you define to us what a pre-qualification is and what a pre-approval is? Because there's a difference between those two yeah. terms. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I've had people that come and they say, oh, yeah. I'm pre-qualified, <laughs> oh, okay. but it's so, different than pre-approved. No, and, and, that's in the, and, and I think that there's escalating um, levels of ability, um, what's the right word, qualifications to buy. And so, yeah, pre-approval. So, and that means something different in every company. So, for instance, mm. if you go to Wells Fargo, you come to me and you say, like, a lot of clients can call me and I'll just do their application and um, run their credit. And I'll say, hey, based on these basic numbers, I, I believe you'll qualify for that until I see your information. Right. And I, and I tell them the same thing, which is that it's our system is based on trust, but verify. So right. I trust that you know your salary and that yeah. it's $60,000 a year <laughs> and that you have this much in the bank, et cetera, et cetera. And until this, yeah, until disproven, (laughs) like, I'm just not going to take your word for it. But so, but at that point, I, if if somebody came to me and said, I, I, this is absolute, I a hundred percent believe this. I'd say, you know what? Yeah. You're qualified in this range, you know, and and I'll run your credit because I'm not just going to do it off of your qualified, just your income because you, you're qualified based on your debt to income ratio. So, and that's your gross income. So when people go, well, I bring home this much money, that's not the number I use. You use after taxes. I use pre-taxes. Pre-taxes. I always go pre-taxes. So, so for instance, if somebody only after taxes, because you guys are, if you're not married and you're, you're single and you have no dependents, like, you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're, that's, you guys, the, the, uh, the nation's taxation rate is built on the strength of your strong young backs. Right. Because, because you carry the freight for the rest of us in your youth. Right. I, when I was younger, I did. And just a higher tax rate. There's no shelters for you at this point. Few shelters for sure. Very few. Yeah. You so got, you got to be crazy. So, so debt to income ratio is like the first qualifying. And the second, it becomes your credit ability to pay, willingness to pay. Great. And so that would be a pre qualification. And a lot of companies will do it like, like online, Quicken Loans, e loans, whatever. You know, take um, you at your word. They'll take it at your word and they'll issue that letter, like based on, and it'll even say in the letter, based on what you've told us, yeah. we believe, you know, that you qualify for this amount. Mm-hmm. And then the next level would be that you have had, you've sent in your documentation and someone's reviewed it. Okay. And so um, then it becomes, it gets, it gets more defined. So then you may have what's called a conditional approval or an, um, and that's usually where somebody's reviewed it and calculated the income themselves to right. con- and confirmed it. Yeah. Yes, you do earn 60,000 a year gross. Yes, you have these, you know, um, uh, this amount in your savings account. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, confirming that, that like we've reviewed your credit report. Not only are your scores 700, 680, and 660, um, but the debts actually line up with the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that would be, then they'll put it through an algorithm. They'll put it through an automated underwriting. And, the, and they'll use okay. a lot of terms. They'll use AU, which is automa- automated underwriting. DU, D-U. which is a Fannie Mae product. Um, LP, which is the Freddie Mac version of that. Right. And and all lending runs through that, that filter. So if it's an FHA loan or a USDA loan or a VA loan or a conventional loan, it will at one point run through an automated 
underwriting to start yeah. off with. Yeah. So a borrower comes <clears throat> to me and <clears throat> says, hey, I want to go buy a house. My yeah. first step is always saying, have you been pre-approved? <clears throat> if not, great. Can yeah. I offer you some yeah. lenders that might fit what you're looking for? Yeah. Great. I send him. So say I have Bob. And Bob calls and he says, Scott, I want to buy a house. Here's the house I want to buy. Yeah. And I go, great. I would love to show you this house. But especially with right now with COVID, there's a lot of rules on showings. And yeah. so I say, one of the first steps is you got to go get pre-approved. Yeah. Um, I send him your direction. Yeah. That first consultation, he doesn't really need anything, right? For that pre-qualification. Uh, cor- correct. I mean, that for me, that's a phone call, especially now. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially yeah, yeah. now. I mean, and, and you don't know this, but I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a nation... I have a national license that goes over my, my state license. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have clients that run the gamut, you know, from east to west coast. Some of them I'll never meet in person. Some I've never laid eyes on ever. Um, and so some of it's all phone for me. Okay. And so, yeah, it's a conversation. It's an application over the phone, like I said, where I, where I trust but verify. So I, yeah. I trust that you know your numbers. I run your credit. I'll call you back and go, hey, this is what I'm looking at. Here's where he's at. And I have an in-person consultation or he's forwarding me his documents. And then based on that, you'll decide if you're comfortable. You know, so like if I've got the, you know, like for instance, I did a loan for a, a family. They worked for the UC and state system schools, um, two professors. And, you know, 800 FICO scores, W2 income. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I asked them, I did the interview and was so confident with who they were. And they had me their documentation in four hours. Like I knew like, you know, they were very responsible and ready. They wanted to make sure that they were ready, you know, correct. And so, um, and people should want that because I mean, from just an emotional, you know, you you don't want to go shop above your limit and then fall in love and then put yourself where you're a slave to your mortgage. Well that, and you don't want to get the rug ripped out from under you. Cause I mean, I have clients that shop at three fifty. And are only qualified to two twenty five. <laughs> oh, we you have know? a lot of those clients. <laughs> yeah, and and I and that's where the you know driving the you know you go out and drive the Tesla and you can only buy the Prius. You know, like that's the reality of of just your circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that people they they want to believe you know and 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 I and not to say that they shouldn't, but they just may not be ready that day. You know, some and I tell people this all the time. People I meet with sometimes are ready that day to buy. Some people are ready in 30 days. Some people in 90. Some people in five, five years. Yeah. I mean, shoot. I, I had a couple that they, I met with them five years. Uh, five, I met with them in 2014. Um, she was in nursing school. He was, he had his own business. He was, he ran a, uh, a, at that point, a residential gardening company, which became a commercial gardening company. But they, neither one of them were citizens. So they spent the next four years becoming citizens. She finished wow. nursing school. They came back to me. They were so diligent. And they had saved like 10% down. They had, you know, they had become citizens. They had done all the things you're supposed to do in the right exact order. But when I met them day one, unless they were ready to put down 20, 25%, they, they weren't ready to buy. Good for them though. Oh my Five God. years of diligence so, is very impressive. It, no, I mean, and these, this was an interesting couple. I mean, they sent money to their family in Central America mm-hmm. like every month. They still managed to save money, raise three kids. She went to school. Like they were pretty dynamic. I mean, like you, you don't run it. These are like the unicorn. You don't see these people all the yeah, time, right? but their right. diligence was amazing. And so, you know, um, but you're, you're absolutely right. I think that the step one is just that first conversation. The step two of that is then the trust, but verify. Now you send me your things and I review them. And, um, and then I go, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, you were right about this or you're wrong about that. Like, you know, yes, you are an employee of the state, but your, your state retirement does not become your money until you're of mm. retirement age. Right. So even though you think you've got a hundred grand in the bank 
You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. But if you were a Costco employee who had 401k or stocks, that's cash. Right. It is liquidate. It, yeah. Well, it has a cash value. So um, you, if, if somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, I want um, to buy this house and, and we go, well, what kind of liquid assets do you have? Well, I have enough to put 5% down, but I got a hundred grand in my 401k. The bank will give you credit for that hundred minus 35% because they know that if you pulled it out, you'd pay 30, 35% in taxes. So they give you 65,000 credit. It just becomes leverage to be a stronger borrower. Interesting. You know, and so then so step one is the phone call, the initial interview. The step two is then reviewing everything. And then that's when you get an automated approval typically <clears throat> or a conditional approval. And, and mm -hmm. every bank will use a different term. You and I have used conditional approval. That's what we talk yeah, about. We talk about that. And, and that's critical because if, if I send you shopping and I haven't looked at their income, that's You're wasting it, my time, it, the buyer's it, time it, and your time. It, yeah. Yeah, very potentially. I mean, like, there could be some hazards that, that will ruin the whole thing. Um, we're not talking speed bumps. We're talking brick walls. Yeah, for sure. You know, Indian burial mounds is what we're talking about. You know, right. <laughs> where you don't find out to the very end or, you know, much later. That, and we've seen those pop up. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, especially right now, since shelter in place has been true mm. and so many people have been furloughed or so many people have lost their jobs or yeah. or their commission people. I mean, think about all the think about all the barbers and hairstylists and masseuse spa, yeah, you know, employees. employees. Yeah, well those people that provide first person touch contact jobs, banks are not lending to them. Even though they right. may be qualified and have a 2-year, 5-year, 10-year, 20-year history of making a great living, things could change. They they know just from the numbers that that person can't make a living right now. Risk is too high. It's, they won't do it. I mean, mm. and, and now like, you know, usually before you fund a loan, like in the 24 to 48 hours before they will wire the money at the very end of the transaction, they'll do what's called a verbal verification of employment. I've seen so much of this. Yeah. And so what they'll do now is they, they will make the, the employer state that their job is unaffected by COVID. Wow. That's a lot of liability. That's yeah. They're saying they're going that one extra step, but then they're also restricting people that they they know that these people can't prove their income. So what they're doing is it used to be that you just needed a, a cash flow analysis, just then you know turning your numbers if you're self-employed. Now they want it to be, and this isn't a requirement of FHA lending, just like having no FICO scores not a requirement, uh, or a six sixty or six eighty. Those aren't required. But what they're doing to secure their their investors that they're protecting as lending the money out, they're saying, hey, <clears throat> not only do we want a cash flow analysis, we want a certified cash flow analysis from a CPA. Even though the guidelines don't require it, the bank says, if you want our money, this is what you're going to do. And really? then they, they are concerned with the last 60 days because they know that these people- Things have changed. They, they, yeah. they, they may have rocked the last 10 months. Very quickly. But yeah. then suddenly they're you're making- zero income. Yeah, they're zero yeah. income. Yeah, yeah. Or negative. You oh. know, a lot like <clears throat> a business like a realtor yeah. or a mortgage broker, we yep. have overhead that doesn't change. Every, yep. every month I have expenditures. And whether or not I close a deal or not, you, you know. Still, they're still there. Yeah. It's well, still yeah. There. I still I, I still got to pay like the office rent. I still yep. have to pay for all the services that I use on a monthly basis, just like you. And it's the, it's true, too. I mean, like uh, I went to see my chiropractor for the first time in, you know, like eight weeks. <clears throat> Had a, I had to get my temperature taken when I walked in. Like I had all of these, these different hurdles yeah. to jump through for our safety, all of us. Um, and above that, you know, he and I were talking about it, and he's like, "Yeah, man," because I laid off like thirty five percent of my staff. 
you know, um, you know, our, our hours are cut back. Like, you know, all of these things are just not what they once were. And they've had to go ask for the federal aid, the paycheck protection programs, mm. you know, just to make sure that they can keep the lights on. And so that has got to be a very unnerving experience, you know, for any business owner and certainly for us. I, I think the one thing that we've kind of dis discussed at the beginning was that this is a time of opportunity. And I think that I've actually had more new people I've never been in, you know, met or introduced to yeah. have a level of enthusiasm that they didn't have That's six awesome. months ago. That's yeah. why we're having this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, and I think that there's especially, you know, intelligent. And I, the, the thing about um, uh, the age group that you're in, they're, they're, they're well-informed or they'll, they'll try to be well-informed. They'll, they'll do a little education on their own. Um, and so, and that's a good thing. I think that, um, the rub there is, is two articles on lending right now is not the same body of knowledge that you have after spending five or 10 years in an industry to where, to know the nuance. And that's, that's what I've kind of come across is that I think that, I think that people think that you just go in and apply and you get approved and you go buy a home <laughs> and there's so many steps in between there that it's yeah, just, it's just, yeah. it's, it's wholly inaccurate. And, you know, people will call me, you know, and they're, 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 they're you know, they'll be self, partially self-employed, they'll have a corporation, the wife's a nurse, you know, they, it takes some analytics and some, some executive thinking to go through and, d d you know, determine what their true income is. But, you know, 24 hours later, like, where's my loan approval? And I'm like, I'm not an ATM machine. Like, you don't just punch the numbers in <laughs> right. and I, I yeah. you know, I send you Here's a loan. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it requires, it requires a, lot of, a level of uh, professional execution and um, and a body of knowledge to be able to provide a good approval because certainly I've seen deals where it's just a call center and a and you upload your documents and a machine scans them and I've seen machines like I mean there's some amazing tools for these huge corporations to use they'll scan your W two they'll scan your and the machine will look at the numbers and calculate your income. Yeah, it's but it will also make mistakes. It'll be yeah. like, you know, change your job title and do all these mm -hmm. things. And just because it thinks it knows, but until a human being reviews it and goes, yeah, you're wrong, you know, and, and I have people I, all the time, they're fallible. They'll make an error, Yeah, you know, and that's but, none of us in this room, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> never, not. Never. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think the last mistake I made was in uh, 1999. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was the last last year of an error on my part. I think the last error I made was like driving here. I went to the old office. I was lucky I was on time. Oh, man. <laughs> I pulled up at 357 over there, and I'm like, damn it, I know they moved. Like, he I texted gave, you the even address. gave me the address. I didn't even bother looking at it because I'm a creature of habit. Oh. So, yeah, I'm just lucky you guys were close because yeah. when, when Iron Key moved offices – you went to the I other office, the office three times. <laughs> I kept we had active deals, and you went to the other office three times. I remember that. It was closer to Casa Corona. It was the my, my, my that land, was your real that was my, my landmark. I want to have lunch, and then you know come see there you. you. Go. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and well, so, so I mean, I think that. And here's the the awful part, is that is that um, in in the words that you hear and that I say and that other consultants use and that the clients hear is is it's one of those situations where you have to kind of repeat back like this is what I heard you say is that what you meant because I think that in the in the kind of speed with which we talk about things sometimes you can miss an important piece of data in a transaction and it, you have to be really careful with that and I think yeah. that I think that we all want to hear what we want to hear and then sometimes it's just not the truth yeah, yeah. you know and it's an, it's an unfortunate thing you know so um 
I think that people are going to be hedging their hedging their words more carefully right you now. have to yeah just because I mean okay so that couple I talked about um, the professors yeah. UC and, and, and Cal State um, we they were buying a home up in the Bay Area 1.5 million we were it was Tuesday we were closing on Friday I was supposed to have docs on Wednesday fund on Thursday record on Friday and I called into the bank, and and things have been shaky. We were mid-COVID. I mean, this is like we were supposed to close. This in, is about a month ago, right? Yes, yeah, it's April, yeah. And um, we were supposed to close, and uh, I called the bank, and they said, hey, we're uh, we're suspending uh, jumbo loans, which is that was what it was, jumbo loans, and we're suspending government loans. And I said, I go, are you guys closing? Because, I mean, I've been through this in the last recession where the banks hmm. just closed their doors. Yeah. They said, no, we're suspending, uh, we're suspending um, those products. I said, are you suspending new applications because I mean, you got to ask these questions he's like yeah. right. he's like he goes no we're, we're suspending funding and i said you're suspending funding on new loans you're suspending <laughs> funding on loans that aren't approved in the docs he's like no we're suspending all loans and i said so wow. I, I don't have a loan for these people he's like no you don't and so i spent wow. the, i spent the next yeah 10 days mm-hmm. finding the right product for them thankfully the the person that was a, he was a flipper the guy that was selling the house you're kidding no he was so patient with us because he knew he knew what was going on yes too. you know you want to talk about opportunity there's a great opportunity for these very excited people that anybody that can take advantage of opportunity you know what a real opportunity is right now jumbo anybody that is in a it's a huge opportunity nobody <clears throat> who i haven't talked to anybody yet who's in that area mm-hmm. but very yeah. few people are necessarily buying right now at that price point i it, noticed it, it, mm-hmm. it's picking back up but i definitely saw a lull yeah, you know, you're gonna see the people that have to sell. They're they're gonna have. To, I mean, like that's big money. That's that's you're gonna see some good discounts in the seven figure range. I've seen some seven yeah. figures come out that yeah. sold last year. <clears throat> yeah, and there, they're back on gonna the market. Be, like wow. I mean, um, I saw one point four go to one point one go into contract and just came back on the market. Wow. Jeez. And so I mean, there's something fell apart there, and I, I have talked to the agent to see what happened yeah. because there's there's gonna be some there's gonna be some shifts with with the absence of those products. Now, sometimes, you know, people like I have a broker that I work with down in Orange County is a peer of mine in him. Um, I think you know him, um, Justin. Justin, yeah. Couts. I closed a deal with Justin. Yeah, so yeah, same guy we were talking about. Anyway, so Justin's down there and he's, he, he lives in uh, uh, Orange County. And so he's been talking to some of the people down there and they're like, they're adamant. Like he goes in and talks to these new home builders and they're like, yeah, you know, either people pay cash or we go through B of A. And he's like, well, I don't understand that. Like, you're telling me everybody gets approved at B of A. You know, he has like, it's not a, he has a conversation, you know, it's, it's, but when he and I talk about it, we're more blunt, but when he talks to them, he's like, let me get this straight. Like there's no turndowns at B of A ever. Yeah. You, you're, you're, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, that's not real. It's like saying never about anything. Yeah. Right. And he goes. And so he goes that there's an opportunity for you to, as a, as a real estate professional to make more commissions if you find a guy with resources like me. And I think that as those resources in the jumbo market narrow, that there's opportunity for you who represents buyers to, uh, to help them buy something and get a, a good discount. Deep yeah. Discounts, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I hope I answered to go back to the very first question. <laughs> I hope I answered that, that there, that, that goes from the initial conversation where you just pull credit and you get yeah. the basics before you verify it. Then mm-hmm. you verify it and you get a conditional approval or uh, pre-approval in some people's language. And then you have, um, uh, a final approval, um, or, 
like, and that's almost a second stage because you can get take the conditional approval and turn in every document you think you should. It doesn't matter. And then and then you'll and then the, the underwriter will grab it underwriter. and take it apart hmm. at, at a level that you didn't and spot one thing that you didn't notice, and they'll be like, yeah, okay, this in our world. This five thousand dollar deposit is a large deposit. Now we want you to, um, you know, like verify every part of this transaction. This this one deposit, whereas the guidelines say that if the deposit is no more than twenty percent of their gross monthly income, blah blah blah, you don't have to prove it. It doesn't qualify. But if they say they want it, then you got to clear that hurdle. Mm -hmm. And so even though you saw a perfect loan, yeah, you may still have a perfect loan, but you got ten more steps before they're ready to fund it. Yeah. You know, and then the next term after that would be, you know, um, uh, final approval with an appraisal, inspections complete, and then you yeah. get what's called a clear to close, which means they're ready to fund it. And you get that clear to close <laughs> once you've met those three things. You've proved your ability to pay, you've proved your willingness to pay, and the property has been assessed by a licensed appraiser whose whole job is to be a non-biased party yeah. who has no benefit of if the transaction right. works yeah. or not and, and then to just, make a decision on if what you're paying is valuable yeah. enough for the bank to sell. Yeah. And, and it's great. I mean, I think the greatest part about um, the greatest, uh, I mean, the greatest uh, piece of paper inside that tra the transaction is the appraisal. Is the appraisal. And, and it's fun because it says on it, opinion of value. Like the rest of us have to deal with like concrete <laughs> things and he gets to render, opinion. like he's a, like he's a, you know, a Supreme Court justice. Like he's out there just <laughs> swinging his gavel around and, you yeah. know, rendering these verdicts. But um, I, I think that that's one of the, the coolest documents is the, the appraisal and it's an opinion because just like the nuance of underwriting, you know, um, you know, they, they have this job to go through and, and finding values finding is value. hard. Yeah, I know. It, uh, it's, being, <clears throat> being consistent and accurate mm -hmm. in finding values yeah. is a difficult job. And I think I've had my fair share of having disagreements <laughs> yeah. with appraisers, but no. it's a hard job. I mean, yeah. you, your whole job is to be an unbiased you yeah, know, yeah. accountant of whether or not this is worth what you're paying. And it yeah. doesn't matter if the seller is relying on this so that they can pay for their kid to go to college mm -hmm. and yeah. get out of the house. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's your first house ever. The appraiser no. does yeah. not care and he has to be unbiased and, and it's hard and that's to be just, that's, yeah. that's their job. I mean, like, you know, and when I, when I first started in the business, I could choose my appraiser. Like I, I had like, which is ridiculous. <laughs> well, okay. So hold on. It wasn't ridiculous because I, mean, I don't think it was because um, what the reason we can't choose them now, the reason that, that the law says that we have to use a blind process is because there were brokers and bankers that were unscrupulous in uh, uh, exerting extortion to meet value. So like, some broker in Orange County that did, you know, you know, 5,000 loans a month would give the business to four or five appraisers. And then they would tell the appraiser, hey, if you don't make value on my deals, we'll pull, that. We'll, pull we'll pull all of our business from you. You know, mm -hmm. and that's it's like it, getting fired. It, no, it's extortion. Right. It, it's, yeah. you know, and that's like literally the definition. If you don't give me this for that, I'm and not going to give you the yeah. money. You right. Know? And so um, and so I, I like that it's blind. Um, but I think that for people that had, you know, ethics and morals, mm -hmm. you it know, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a problem, but right. for those, for those that were greedy and, and greed really drove the last bubble. Um, I think that, that, uh, the problem there was, was that they were vulnerable to that human, um, uh, uh, it's just the human element. 
that, 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 you know, like the, the, the same spot in your brain that's lit up by cocaine is lit up by money as a reward. So when you're getting that much money and your brain is stimulating that way, you can't turn that off and yeah. you're so addicted to it that you're driven to do that. Yeah. You're going to pull out all the stops to win, yeah, you know? And, 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 oh yeah. I mean, Crazy. you know, um, you know, so, I mean, I think that, uh, it, it's, it was an unfortunate thing that it happened. I think that the, the, the result of that, that appraisals are blind is, is a good choice. I think that's, there's wisdom in that. that, So, and so it goes back to, you know, the initial conversation, you know, um, pre-qualification, you are, you are qualified. Yeah. You know, pre-approval, we've looked at your data, you know, or, or conditional approval and then, you know, final approval with conditions. And then once those conditions are cleared, then it's clear to close and you're, and you're at that, you're at the finish line. And not to say that, and I don't mean to scare people, but the reality is, is, you know, um, in our current environment, just like my couple up in the Bay Area, you could be at the finish line and you have to start, have start, to start all over again or yeah. lose the deal. I mean, it just like you could lose yeah. the, the ability to finance. That's real estate. <laughs> oh, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. Brian, yeah. Uh, what would you say for those people who haven't reached out mm-hmm. to a lender or you yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what should they do before reaching out? Oh, you know, that's a great question. I think that the, some of the resources that are available now um, uh, are to be aware of your credit. You know, take the time to, to sign up. You know, annually you're allowed to get, and I'll, I'll send you a link to the, the uh, website. It's a government website. You have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're entitled to one free credit report a year. It's unscored. It will be a scoreless report, but it will show you what's on your credit report. So that you can go, that's real, that's not real, and yeah. you can you can protest it on your own. You can hire a company to do it mm-hmm. to do your credit repair for you. Um, but I think the first step is is to be aware of your credit. Gotcha. I think that that would be it. And then I also think that that you know um, it's it's wise to know you know where your money's going. You know, there's a couple of good apps out there where you can kind of track where you're spending. And look at it. I mean, and I was astonished like how much I spent on food and drink, like outside the house. Like oh, I'm like, I, I have so much more money in my bank accounts, and the restaurants have been closed. Like, I yeah, my, my monthly my monthly expenses went down dramatically when restaurants stopped allowing me to come like, in. I, I, I managed to lose all this weight. I don't know why. You know, like, exactly. Yeah, I'm not eating me as rich meals. I'm not you know I'm not doing a happy hour. You know, and it's just yeah. Anyway, but the reality is, I think that you should know where your money's going, mm-hmm. and I think that the First, the, but even before that, or at, in, in synchronicity with that, yeah. look look at your credit report because I think that you know one number one is free. You can also pay for services. Sometimes, if you have a credit card, um, or or with certain banks, they will provide you with your scores on a monthly basis mm-hmm. as well because yeah. they want you to know they want you Where to be in at. good yeah. yeah if good financial health yeah. matters absolutely and and then once you're aware of those two things where your credit's at and where your money is going. You can, you can, then I think, you know, it's time to, to meet with a professional. I don't think, I think there's probably 5% of the people that'll do what I just said. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I say max. So I guess yeah. the, the first one is know your credit. Yeah. And I think that the, the rest you'll, you'll start. Have a temperature check on your credit. Yeah. 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 Go in like doctor, go in for a checkup and, and yeah. And sit down with somebody. Cause I think, I think the, the, the really tough part about the, being a real estate consultant and meeting with people and helping mm-hmm. them, you know, determine what's best for them what's most important to them, not best for them, but what's most, most important to them. And then going out and being the, the steward of their money. Cause that's what we really are. We're the steward of their financial future, the, yeah. you know, their investment future. Absolutely. Um, cool. And we have to be good stewards of that. I think that um, uh, inside of that, the, the temptation is to try and learn 
in your roles as real estate consultants yeah. to do what I do and try and pre-qualify people. And, and that can be a mistake because the people are gonna tell you what they want you to hear exactly. because they, they yeah. believe it in their, in their head. <laughs> yeah. they, they believe they're qualified. Yeah. And they haven't told you that you know, my you know, soon-to-be husband or my new husband or mm-hmm. my Has ex- a foreclosure. My, or you know, that he's never talked about or owes $10,000 in back child support yeah. or owes the IRS or the state you know, money or mm-hmm. it has any number of one of you know, uh, hiccups inside of there. You know? And I've, I've had some uncomfortable moments in consultations where they weren't on the same page or- Oh, geez. Yeah, like, I mean, they, one couple came in to refinance their house cash out to consolidate their credit card debt. Mm-hmm. The husband thought they had 40 grand in credit card debt. The wife knew the truth. It was a hundred. Oh, it was a hundred and twenty. Wow. Oh, geez. yeah. And so you know, it was three times the amount that, that wow. he thought. They they got divorced about a year later. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it took that long. But oh, um, but I mean, that was a very uncomfortable. I had to go. Well, I'm going to let you guys look at this report. And I'm going to get a Step water. Outside, I'll, yeah. I'll be right out. Like I'm like, are there any sharp <laughs> instruments in the room? Like like I don't want I don't want there to be a homicide in my office right, right. now. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, and I, there are those moments where, you know, where people merge their lives later in life, you know, yeah. you know, and I had a couple and they were just really sweet and, you know, she didn't have his past and he had a past that, you know, was perfect and hers wasn't. And we mm-hmm. had to, we had to put them together to make them be able to buy, but it took yeah. us 90 days to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, the advice is know your financial, uh, know your credit, you know, health first. Yeah. Get, and you can do that on your own. Yeah. Um, but if you want somebody to help you look at it, you know, the, a good first step is to sit down with a mortgage consultant or loan officer, mm-hmm. or whatever the, you know the term is, whomever you choose to meet with. Maybe put put together <clears throat> a game plan per se if they're if they're not there yet. Yeah. Per, yeah. Absolutely. Because I think that you know that, that you know Scott and I talk about this is that some people are ready day one. Day some, yeah. yeah. Some 30, yeah. 60, 90, or five years. You Very know? rarely it's day one. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. And those are people that have usually done it before. Right. Like yeah. The, the professors, they've... And they've been... Yeah. They've, like, they've bought like, four houses. It's sold, like a race. Yeah. They've been training for months yeah. before they reached out. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly put. They, like, in training, like you and I train, you know, where, you know, you don't, you don't go to the gym one day... And, and try to max. And, 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 and expect to be able to back squat, you know, 400 yeah. pounds. You, you have to work your way up to that. Unless you're some freak of nature like Lorenzo Neal, when, you know, where oh. all you do is push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, you can, yeah, you're the fastest yeah. person on the planet. Um, you know, and I think that, um, I think that the reality is, is that, that it, the first step would be no, no, just like, you know, like we, we seek in life to, you know, become introspective and self-actualized. Right. You know, know thyself uh, financially is just as powerful as yes, any other yeah, part yes, of your life, you yeah. know, whether it's your mental health or physical health or, you know, spiritual or whatever those things are that make up who you are. They all play a they part. All, oh my gosh. You know, the number one, the number one reason for divorce in the first five years is financial, uh, conflict. That's it. First five, 60 months. You can make it out of that. But it's because like of a that small st- business. No, yeah, yeah. A small business. They say I think it's, it's five years. It's, I think it's three. Three years. Yeah. And so, um, but I'm I'm unsure on that one. Yeah. But, but but if you're going to get a divorce over something other than you know infidelity or whatever you know mm-hmm. or you guys not compatible, the, it's yeah. the stress of the money. Money. You know, and I we talk about this all the time. You and I. Um, Absolutely. That, that you know I, the last thing and you mentioned it earlier was the last thing you want to do is get in a house where you're house rich and cash poor. Like you still want to be able to go to the movies and you yeah. still, when we get to go back to the movies, but <laughs> you still want to go to Disneyland. When we get back to Disneyland, yeah, you, right. you still want to be right. able to plan a future and save. And if you have a responsible meeting 
with a consultant to make sure that your real estate plan fits that, you know, that matters. Yeah. Because again, the last thing you want to do is pull into the driveway. I tell my yeah. clients all the time, pull in the driveway and be stressed and that, the, that, your sta- that your sanctuary that you're about to walk into is the source you of your, it's, of, yeah, is the mm-hmm. source of your stress that yeah. you're like, you know, are we going to make the mortgage this month or do we need to cut, you know, do we need to go get a, uh, a, a cracked fire stick so all of our TVs free, you know, instead yeah. of, you know, paying for service, you know, like, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, that financial health, I think, yeah. that, and you can, you can start maintenancing that on your own. Yeah. yeah. So pulling it back and kind of <clears throat> wrapping this up. Um, I think what I think everybody in this room wants people to hear is that first off, uh, Buying a house is a longer term process than mm. a one afternoon split decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we have those people and I get it all the time and I understand because I do it too, uh, where they see a house and they want to buy it. Um, mm. The best way to be in a position where you can buy the dream home that you want mm. is to first have your finances in check, yeah. not only in your spending habits, but actually knowing the numbers, knowing your income, knowing your credit, knowing yeah. your income outcome or your income expense. Yeah. reports. Yeah. And, and you and I talk about the income and expense reports and, and because we're business owners, we and, have to and, do it. And, and I think that, that I think that they're like, my first career was Costco and I knew my, I didn't use those terms, but I, I knew what my salary was and I knew how it fit into money my life. in and money out. Yep. And it's, it's soup. It's, it's, it's so simple to say, but it's hard, hard. to feel. Yeah. It's emotionally yeah. And that's, difficult and that's, to actually sit down Oh, and look at yourself and so, all the numbers. So, yeah. I spend so much money on coffee a month that I don't even <laughs> like to sit down and look at my numbers uh, because I just I'm, yeah, I'm no, embarrassed I, that I could have yeah, bought a laptop each it's... month with the coffee bills I have. But continue to pull it out even broader. Yeah. Uh, I want people to know that though we play different roles mm-hmm. yeah. as a real estate consultant and a mortgage consultant, mm-hmm. we are all in the same spot trying to set up the first time buyer the upgrader, the downsizer mm-hmm. to meet what's important to them Number and one. to help guide them make the best decision in their idea, you know, their ideal world. Yeah. We want them to make uh, an informed decision with good data that makes them, it goes back to the very first thing with what's the most important to them. Because when they feel good about that decision, then they're going to feel good every time. Right. You know, they're going to, they're going to, and, and equating that up front is, is di- I think what you and I do is different. Than, than a lot of consultants because somebody is going to be like an ATM machine and they're just going to say data in, data out. Here's your number, go shop. Mm-hmm. But you and I have taken the time to make sure we're aligned with what their goal is because it is an emotional we goal. We don't talk numbers until we even know what their goal is. Yeah, and, and it's exactly correct, which is to make sure that we're going to support their vision for the future. Like, you know... All, it's it's the family that wants to paint the walls the color they want. They you know they yeah. want to they want to provide the life that they didn't have for you know they want to give the their their family and their children this experience because they Absolutely. didn't have that one. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's motive is different. Mm-hmm. And so once you know that, then all the concentric circles will align yeah. to make a team around them. So yeah. yeah. Well, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thanks for coming in. I yeah. appreciate you sharing that knowledge. And like you said, you uh, you have. 20 years of experience. Stop saying that because <laughs> you have 10 years of experience. Right. Uh, I have enough experience. <laughs> yeah. And so we're really happy that you came in. Yeah. Hopefully Thank you both for hosting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you I appreciate for coming. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully everybody that listened got some really good knowledge out of it. I know Kate and I are always happy to be sitting down with people that have been doing business longer and more prof- you know, more actively than we have. And so it, yeah. it's a learning experience Absolutely. for us as well. I think uh, the next subject should be best burger joints in Fresno. And then, 
we'll have to you I know, know your answer. Re- report back on that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, All right. appreciate it. We're yeah, going to hop off you. here and, uh, you know, have a great rest of your day. Yep. yep. Thanks. Thanks Cheers. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in uh, to this week's episode of the Pursuit of Property podcast. Uh, Scott and I hope you guys got some really good information out of there. Uh, I know we both did. So, Scott? Yeah, I'm excited, and and I think we learned a lot today. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot those comments below. If you're on Facebook or wherever you're listening, our goal is to obviously answer as many questions as possible. If you have any other topics or ideas, feel free to reach out to Cade or myself at pursuitofproperty at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, Shoot us an email or a phone call or a text if you have our numbers, which is easy enough to find online. And uh, we look forward to making some more episodes for you next week. Stay tuned. We've got some good stuff coming. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye.